Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the When to Jump podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. This is episode 55 with one of my earliest childhood friends. When I moved to Southern California, I... Uh, met uh, a student in my junior high school who's on my uh, recreational basketball league team and he gave me a ride to school and uh, that gentleman went on to become an entrepreneur in the fitness world taking a huge jump uh, into what he's doing now and uh, you're going to hear more about that uh, when we chat here but I'm, I'm excited to bring you into someone I've known for uh, about 20 years now and who uh, has taken many jumps most recently into the, uh, the fitness and wellness space. Um, and I'm going to uh, let Alex explain that story when we get into it. But uh, enjoy episode 55 coming up right now with uh, fitness entrepreneur and my very good friend, Alexander Glendening Armstrong III, a.k.a. Alex Armstrong. Alex Glendening Armstrong III, welcome to the When to Jump podcast. Thank you, Michael Charles Lewis. And you know that because you've known me for a very long time. Uh, I have. We have known each other, what, 17 years, 16 years? Yeah. So it's always fun when the guests on the show overlap with uh, the people that I've had in my little orbit for, for yeah, 16, 17 years. For, for those who don't know, do you remember the first time we, we crossed paths? I believe it was at a volleyball camp. Uh, I saw Mikey, Mikey Lewis's left-handed jump serve, and I just knew that we were going to, no pun intended, but hit it off. And then I think from there, I mean, years of friendship, but I think our first real bonding moment was when my mom bought you a donut on the first day of 7th or 8th grade, and you were so nervous that you couldn't eat it before school, and now you are probably the best public speaker of anybody I know. (laughs) (laughs) I I do remember that, and uh, I appreciate the nice words. There is a reason why you're on the When to Jump podcast. We have been out of school quite a while now, and (laughs) we both took very different paths. Uh, You were in school on the West Coast. I was on the East Coast, done a lot of different things with some intersection. But what I wanted to share with the audience and the listeners here, which I think people would really appreciate, is a jump story like yours that took different forms within the same kind of theme that it was going for, and, and your theme obviously being fitness. It, can we can we kind of dive into that for those folks who are you know maybe have tried out something in one direction within an industry or a, a interest and found that it didn't work, and where they went from there? Because I think I think your story would really resonate for them. Yeah, completely. Um, my story, I think everybody thinks their story is unique. I don't want to like pretend that mine is the most unique thing out there, but mine is definitely a, a story of trying little things and seeing if they worked, kind of taking like little bets. So I'll give you kind of the background. Uh, right out of college, I became a personal trainer and moved up to San Francisco because I knew my best friend was here and my sister was here. But other than that, I didn't really know anybody. Um, 
I did that for a couple of years, probably three years, learned a lot about kind of like the fitness industry and how to create like a, a little business for myself, because ultimately that's what that's what personal training is. It's sales and retention. From there, I kind of got bored with just training. I kind of wanted to learn more of like the sales side of well, business, we'll call it. So I took a job at a tech company, just like an entry level sales job and found that I was good at it, but I didn't really care for it. It was a lot of cold calling and face-to-face meetings that just didn't really excite me. And so I came back to personal training. I'd been training for a couple years and I went on a vacation with my then girlfriend, now fiance, and we'd had a couple beers and we were sitting on the balcony of a hotel in uh, Vancouver. And I don't know why it just kind of, it struck me, but I had this thought of like, Alex, you're going to die. It just was like this first moment of like, oh my God, I am not doing what I'm meant to do with my life. And it was the first time I'd ever felt that. And so I promised my now fiance that I was going to make a career for myself doing what I loved. The problem was I kind of had to figure out what that was. And so I knew that it was in fitness. I knew it was in health. I knew it was dealing with people, but I, I knew that it wasn't what I was currently doing. I liked what I was doing. I didn't love what I was doing. So what I did was I took 50 gym tours and As I was taking these tours and going through the sales process at all of these different businesses, $10 a month, $100 a month, $500 a month clubs, I realized that something that nobody was talking about was how to keep members. And so now what I've done is I've started a podcast and a consulting business based around fitness club, gym, CrossFit box, whatever you want to call it, but basically fitness retention and um, customer experience. So it's really exciting for me because it's starting to take off and I'm getting a lot of inbound interest and all that. But um, yeah, it's just been kind of a story of trying little things and just gradually chipping away at finding what I think I'm meant to do with my life. Um, And hopefully that resonates a little bit with your audience because so many people think that it's either like I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And there's not a lot of middle ground. And for me, it's always been scary to try things, but it's even scarier to not try. It's it's really easy to fool other people into thinking that you're happy or you're successful or whatever it is, but it's a lot harder to fool yourself. And so for me, when I was on, on that balcony with my fiance, I, I realized that like I just can't fool myself anymore about what I want to do with my life and I really need to get out there and try it because I'm going to die. And if I'm not happy with the life that I've lived, then what is life? Yeah, I want to stay there for a second because that's a and that's a pretty deep realization to have. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I... intro to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We're not talking gym retention. We're talking life and death questions we ask ourselves. But we actually are, though, right? I mean, I feel like the listeners to this show, like we... We end up hearing from people like this is the, these are the conversations you want to have with with others or, or say out loud to somebody, but you're scared to. And I think that's courageous to 
to give that kind of insight into what you were going through. Do you know, you know, why did why did that come up then? Was it just from time doing stuff you weren't interested in? How like how did that epiphany come up to being? Gosh, that's tough. Well, I I was I mean, it helps. I think I think getting away from your current situation helps. So, like I said, we were we were on vacation probably aided a little bit by having had a couple drinks. You know, I was with the person that that I love and I was just thinking what a disservice it would be to to myself and to her in this life that I want to build together with her if I wasn't happy and I wasn't coming home every day or leaving every day jazzed up about what I'm going to do with my time. And that was, I don't know, I don't want to say it was like her being there, but there was definitely a part of it where I was like, man, I, I want to build a good life for myself and for Jamie. And if I don't follow what I'm meant to do, I'm not going to be able to do that to its fullest extent. For us to be happy, I need to be happy. And for me to be happy, I needed to pursue what ultimately I felt like was my life's calling. When you had that epiphany, you're you know, take us to where you were at that point. You had been a trainer. You mm-hmm. had worked in corporate sales, right? Mm-hmm. Were you still working in sales at that point? No. So I was I was training full time. I would on average see about 120 clients a month, maybe like 130 a month. So wow. spending just a ton of time in the gym. And where I was was that I wasn't happy. (laughs) Yeah. This revelation of like, what do I need to do with my life? It comes when on paper to like me and others around you, we might all say, Alex is doing that thing. He really likes fitness. He should be doing it. And yet you had some other voice kind of come up of, of, of like, you know, not so fast. Yeah. The voice was that I was complacent. I knew that I could do I could wake up every day for the next 30 years and do exactly what I was doing and make a fine living and be kind of happy. But I think, I mean, you've known me a long time. The the listeners obviously don't know me, but um, I'm not a complacent person. I don't like just doing something because it's easy. And I, I don't know, I was just ready to kind of expand myself and see what the hell I could do with my life. What were your biggest fears at that point? I mean, I'd been doing the same thing for more, like I'd been training for five years. So getting past that wasn't, wasn't really, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it other than when I was up on the balcony, I thought like, I am absolutely not going to go back to what I was doing. I just made a decision and I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give my life to personal training. I'm not going to give my life to what I'm currently doing. And it, it sounds silly but it sounds like giving your life to Jesus or something. It's like, I'm just going to do it. And so for me, the, the big fear was obviously losing a lot of income. And I think that's a fear that a lot of people face. But the, the income that you lose temporarily, hopefully can get off put by the fact that you're going to be happy waking up every day. And long term, you're going to make a lot more money doing what you love than what you like. Hopefully. I mean, if not, we'll see in 10 years how I'm doing. But <laughs> Well, first of all, you're doing well already. But second of all, you you can't only measure 
like if you're doing well and living good life based on money because if you did you wouldn't have left your first job right you wouldn't have left the tech sales job like there's some yeah. other metric we're measuring things on it must, must be right yeah i mean it's do you feel happy waking up in the morning um like when i when i had 6 a.m clients previously i would wake up at 5 20 and roll out of bed and eat and get to the gym and now i wake up at 5 a.m because i can't wait to work on what i'm working on and i think that there's just this level of like yeah that it sucks to not be making a ton of money right when you start your own business but the fact that you cannot wait to wake up like this weekend i was like man i hope monday comes quick because i can't wait to do what (laughs) i'm gonna do on seriously on monday morning i am stoked like it's just weird to say, but that's just the mindset. Okay, you have the realization, you're ready to take the risk and beat the failure, but how did the heck do you figure out what it is you're actually going to go do that makes that Monday morning feeling so exciting? Because you kind of glossed over that part, and that's an important yeah. thing to figure out. I think that's probably the most important thing. What I did was I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I knew that if I investigated enough, I would find a big need in, in the fitness space. And ultimately what it came down to is just taking the time to put the legwork in. I've now been to 57 gyms in the last six months. And really I went to like 50 in the first three months. And for me, like the natural transition is how can I help gyms help people? And for me, that's actually like putting in place things that will set gyms up to help their members. And the only reason that I found that out was because I've spent so much time in the industry and I spent so much time investigating these things on my own. It's not like I just snapped my fingers and said like, oh, I think I'll do this. Like I had 50 really dumb ideas before I had this good one. Um, So it's really just kind of like putting in the legwork realizing that you're going to have a lot of stupid ideas and that's like kind of cool in itself. I'll tell you after I went to like 10, I was like, you know what? I should just make a protein shaker that, or (laughs) sorry, a protein dispenser that Jim's input like right next to the water fountain. And I was like, boom, million dollar idea. That's what I'm going to do. And I did five minutes of research and I found that there were like 50 companies doing that. (laughs) So like it, it does take a while, you know, like it's not just, like you're going to, you might have a really good idea right away, but um, oftentimes a good idea comes on the back of five bad ideas or 20 bad ideas. And it's just kind of like trial and error. What did you keep telling yourself as you pushed forward without a real clear result in sight or not knowing how many reviews or gym visits it would take for you to get clarity on what this jump would be? Did you feel nervous at all? I felt, I felt like an imposter and I'm sure that everybody has felt this way like when you don't know what you're doing it's hard to convince other people that you know what you're doing but what I told myself was just like I know that long term this is going to work out because I'm passionate about it and I have the right skill set to make something happen and I didn't really worry what other people thought of me like I saw the same person who worked at three different locations for a certain gym and she was a membership advisor. And I literally sat down with her three times and she was like, okay, so why are you here? Why are you here again? Why are you here again? And I could have felt like the biggest idiot in the world, but 
I just told myself that it's okay to look a little bit stupid and I'm probably never going to see her again. And who cares if she thinks I'm a total whack job. So for those who want to check out this jump that is, it sounds like really well aligned with, with where you're going and hitting that small business goal and, and growing business goal that you feel like really, you know, answers the question the right way of, uh, of that night in Vancouver years ago, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, I primarily actually do most of my stuff through LinkedIn. And aside from that, uh, I just started Instagram because uh, a bunch of people told me I had to. Um, but my company is called Gymotion, uh, G-Y-M-O-T-I-O-N. And it's just kind of the combination of the words gym and emotion. Um, so agymotion.com is my website. Um, and Jamotion Co. on Instagram are kind of like the, the easy places to find me. But um, if you want to find me, you can find me. I'm pretty easy to find, and I, uh, I will talk to anyone. Awesome. That's great. People should check them out. Definitely encourage you, especially if you're in fitness, reaching out. But you've been very generous with your time before with people who are interested in following that path. Any final words of advice for those listening that are like, all right, this kind of starts to make a little bit of sense, but it's still really freaking scary to go, you know, try something new, especially having been in a space before. A lot of people go into food, try it, don't like it, feel like they have to leave. And yet there's all these other things to explore. You know, regardless of, of where you are, what would you tell people as they think of making a jump? Well, what's one thing you could do? Is there any a tip or an insight you leave? Yeah, for, for sure. There's two. The first would be, to get like a, it doesn't have to be a coach, but it can be a mentor or someone that has succeeded in a similar field that you can bounce ideas off of. I've saved a ton of time doing that. I have a, like a quote unquote business coach. She's awesome, but she's saved me a ton of time and she's helped a lot of people start small businesses. The second one would be, don't be afraid to go too narrow. Um, there's, there's plenty of people like there's plenty of people who can go really wide, but if you can really narrow in on, on the services or the product or whatever that you are going to offer, if you can get a few people who really, really believe in what you're doing and support you in what you're doing, long term, that's going to lead to more than a thousand people who kind of generally like what you're doing. So looking for a coach or a mentor and also going narrow to suit your specialty would be the things that I would recommend are going to save a lot of time and effort and pulling out your hair. Alex Glendening, and yes, that is his middle name. I'm the only one who calls him that, but Alexander Glendening Armstrong Third. Yep. Thank you so much for joining the When to Jump podcast. Thanks for having me, Mike. That will do it for When to Jump on this episode, number 55. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Alexander Armstrong. Uh, certainly a, an entrepreneur. Check him out on LinkedIn, uh, Alex Armstrong, uh, looking at Gym Ocean, creating big changes and making a huge jump to disrupt how gyms can be uh, better. So check him out. Check us out, whentojump.com. You can follow us at when to jump across all of social media and elsewhere. Uh, please keep sharing your jump stories with us. We love hearing them. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, we want to hear from you. Keep them coming. I will see you next week. My name is Mike Lewis, and I'll see you for episode 56.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.